Welcome to another episode of Compelled. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. Uh, this week, we're going to try to tackle a few more uh, people. Yeah. Um, this one's been recently in the news, which is uh, this girl by the name of, she goes by Momokin. Um, she's a cosplayer, but her real name is Maria Malad or Maria Malad. Um, she's big in the cosplay community. She is a plus-size girl. And the reason why I'm bringing that up on purpose, um, because she uses that as an excuse to, for better, for, for lack of a better word, to, to get away with what she's getting away with. Okay. Okay. Um, this was July uh, the Creators Guild Anime and Gamer Clothing and Apparel Shop has apparently decided to cancel meet and greets and withdraw badges at this year's Anime Expo for cosplayer Maria Mal- Malad. Um, the company was informed about Momokun's behavior regarding sexual harassment, and originally exhibitors were leery and asked for proof, and some of the cosplayers were sexually, who were sexually harassed came forward to give their testimony. Now, <clears throat> this bugs me because... Originally, the exhibitors were leery and asked for proof. If anybody is brought up, if anybody <coughs> says, hey, this person's been doing this, and all of a sudden, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, all of a sudden it's like you know, a big news story, then yeah, I can understand being leery about harassment. But when, when s- people start bringing this up and it's like, well, this is a known thing. It's been going on for years and, and up until now, no one's really done or said anything about it. But because, you know, what happens with the silent majority? They are always like this. They're afraid to speak out for fear of uh, retaliation. <sighs> Thank you for your concern. Creators Guild does not condone violence or harassment, both physical and verbal from cosplayers or regular individuals. If there was an incident of this kind, we wish to hear it directly from those that person involved. Directly, in all capitals. Sexual harassment should not be dismissed. This is from another cosplayer. It is not easy to come forward, but I have gained the courage to speak up at at, um, Anime Expo. Last year, Momokun slapped my ass in front of a large crowd without my permission after I had just met her. Now, I don't consider that really sexual harassment, but she may, and, you know, that sexual harassment is defined by the person, not by the action. Yeah. Or defined. It's not defined by the viewers or, or the spectators. It's defined by the person that it's happening to, right? Yeah, especially if it's someone you don't fucking know. You don't put your hands on someone you don't know. I usually keep my mouth shut, but since I now realize I'm not alone, I feel like I will say something. Mariah also touched me without permission. When we first met at Otakon, or o- o- Otakon, Vegas, she pulled down uh, my top while I was in cosplay and exposed my nipple in a bathroom full of people. Um, another cosplayer shared her story, claiming that Momokun jammed a microphone up her pussy while at a villa party without her consent. After some, after some pushing from my friends, I wanted to say that Momokun did the same thing to me as we're hearing about now at Colossal Con last year during the day. I was booty bouncing with one of my friends at our villa hanging out in a large group of people I knew, and she was the only one I didn't. We hadn't been introduced. While my friend and I were dancing, and I was turned in the other direction, she put a megaphone up to my pussy to make uh, fun of me. I didn't realize it until she literally put it up so hard against my pussy, I felt it and stopped, turned around, looked at her in complete disbelief and said, what the fuck are you doing? Stop that. I don't know you don't do that. She gave me a look like I was nuts and never even introduced herself to me or apologized despite hanging out in the villa with the rest of us. Uh, for, for the evening. 
I felt humiliated and hurt and it ruined my mood. I wrote it all off at the time because she was friends with my friends, but let's be real, if she's been a if she'd been a dude, I would have punched her in the nose. It's unacceptable and inappropriate to touch people's genitals breasts without their consent, no matter what your gender or sexual orientation is, especially if you don't know them. Even if you do, never assume you can touch a person like that, even if they have given you permission sometime other some other times, you know, once before. Well, that's a whole separate story. Don't even know. She doesn't know Mama Coon. I'm sure she has a good heart inside, but just very bad habits. Um, I was very nervous at first, but I'm adding on to this conversation with my own experience. She did something very hurtful to me last year at Colossal Con. This is Danger Doll at Dragon Con. Um, uh, there's video footage of Mama Coon groping and touching other cosplayers. The evidence was overwhelming enough for the Creators Guild to finally take heed of the testimonies and video footage. Now, what does that mean for her? It means, well, it's coming up. Uh, thank you for all your concerns about who or what represents uh, the Creators Guild brand. We are very unaware of what happens outside of our booth since our preparations and traveling don't give us much time to have the regular convention attendees experience. Uh, we hardly ever get to enjoy convention activities. We obviously want everyone to have an enjoyable time. So if there's anything or anyone that makes you feel uncomfortable, we'll try our best uh, to remedy the situation through our experiences <coughs> with Mariah have always been pleasant and professional. We have kindly asked her to cancel her meet and greet. Some concert attendees are wondering if the bad support would be revoked as well, and Creators Guild noted that Momo could inform them that she was returning the badge, which means basically they asked her, will she have her badge revoked because she doesn't represent you guys anymore? I'm sure you wouldn't want your company name represented by her. She already returned, plans to return it. Sorry for the earlier. We had the wrong info. Uh, according to various Twitter users, Momokun did respond to the allegations of sexual harassment, but it wasn't through the typical Twitter channel since her accounts were suspended. She made another account, but it got suspended. This was in Ju- on July 6th. Uh, Twitter user Pixelbuster, however, explained that Momokun attempted to place the blame on ADHD. Um, sexual harassment, especially in a public setting like AX, is absolutely disgusting. Please don't hesitate to report it to the nearest authority if you're involved or see it happen. I forgot to mention this, but she has ADHD and is trying to use it as an excuse. As someone who also has the same disability, I can tell you right now that it's absolutely shameful. Apparently, the groping and sexual harassment has been going on for quite some time, but most of the people on the receiving end kept quiet about it. The drama managed to catch the attention of YouTuber Repzion, who did a full, fully detailed breakdown of the drama as well as covered some of the past drama that led up to the complaints about Momokun's sexual harassment allegations. It's unclear if the media will pick the story up, blah, blah, blah. This is unacceptable. It's unacceptable anytime, anywhere. No, and if... and to blame it on ADHD. Yeah. I don't even want to get into that. That's uh You know what I find funny is is I wonder how many of these people would have had a problem with her doing that if she was more attractive and if uh if they were, you know, if they were more sexually, you know, attracted to her. No. It's kind of like uh, when, when me, you, and uh, and Heather were talking before, and it's it was about, uh, you know, so it, it, when when you're actually attracted to the person, it's not sexual harassment, right? It, it, I think. Yeah, it is. It still is. And I, yes, I agree. I'm just saying that the, the hypocrisy of some people, right? But it's this in this case, it's not the hypocrisy of some people. I understand what you're saying. But no, she's an attractive person. Yeah, you don't put your fucking hands on, on people. She, she wasn't doing it to be funny. She wasn't doing it as a joke. She was doing it because she felt like it was acceptable. 
Yeah, she's she has a status now where you know she's popular and everyone knows who she is and shit, right? Or well, for the moment, I don't. For, for I didn't know who the fuck she in, was in those circles. In a way, a lot of people know who she is, right? And so she thinks that she's got uh, you know what do they call it carte blanche to just act however she wants to act, and then. If she ever gets in trouble for it, she can act like, what's the big deal? Or, or oh, it's just my ADHD. I'm a little impulsive. Yeah. You know, that, that it's still not okay. You don't... I have to tell my son this sometimes, you know, because he's always fucking with his brother. He's not, like, sexually molesting him, but he's always fucking hitting him or, or doing things to piss him off physically. And I say, dude, keep your fucking hands to yourself, right? You know, you got to quit putting your hands on him. I mean, you, you, you get upset when he fucking comes back at you, but, dude, you started it by putting your hands on him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, me personally, I think she's attractive, but I'm into full-figured women, so. I'm just trying to find, um, let's see if we can just check this out. Okay, um, this is interesting. So apparently, Momokun lied about being raped, and then basically said she lied. So she only Facebooked me about it. She said that the guy should keep his mouth, she made the guy keep his mouth shut because she wanted to fight him, so they know she lied. She because she called and said he raped her basically. Nope. They don't know how they don't know she lied to cover her ass. Things like that. It's it's she's lying about being raped. She's lying about this. She's lying about that. Body positive images and stuff like that. And then she goes and gets liposuction. You know. Um <laughs> any look, it, it comes down to if you're going if you if you're really thinking about doing something like this. If you think that it's okay to just put your hands on people, think twice. Because you're going to do it to the wrong person. Well, she has ADHD, so technically she doesn't matter. To, I don't she's care. Gonna to, she's going to have to think like four times. I don't care about the person. I'm not talking about Momokun. I'm talking about in general. She's. If you are going to do things like that, then lie about it. And and I'm going through all this, these Twitter streams. Hold on a second. It's just... <laughs> An overwhelming amount of stuff. When don't do it, don't do it at all. Just because they dress a certain way, just because they're they're wearing you know skinny clothes or or or, or whatever. I mean, look if if you if you're looking at any of you know these cosplayers, yeah. Look, just because you're dressed like a whore or a skank doesn't. And I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying in general. Just because you're dressed like a skank doesn't mean you deserve to be raped. Yeah, perfect, perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. Right. Just like the prostitutes that stand outside my apartment every night, they're they're selling themselves, but that still does not mean that they deserve to be raped. You know. Now, I can understand that they're more likely to get raped if, because of the environment that they're in and what they're doing, but that still doesn't make it okay. It just means they're taking a much bigger risk. I just like the fact that you said, you know, just because you dress like a skank doesn't make it okay. Yeah. That's... Well, they're, look at the way they dress. It's, Who cares? They're not dressing like skanks. They're dressing as their favorite cosplay. Fuck, I already said that they, it's not... I'm not saying that they do. I'm, I'm saying You just said it. They dress risque. So? Doesn't give anybody the right to do anything and to I, them. And I fucking said that. I understand that. So what it comes down to is, if you think it's okay, it's not. And and it's... it This... this I think the repercussions. I, I don't know what the repercussions are beyond what she what's happened to her this last July. You know, um, I don't think that basically she's not going to be able to do anything that uh, 
would allow her to continue making money off of this stuff. Uh, here's a link. Yeah, so the main issue with her drama is hippo- how hypocritical she is. And it's not the main issue. Promotes body positive, gets lipo. Says she'd sue someone so hard if she was sexually assaulted. Gropes cosplayers and fans. When you're caught lying and then continue to lie, people get pissed. Uh, I just, look, you know, there, there's... I'm trying to find more information on the Momocon thing. And really what it comes down to is she did what she did, and then she blamed it on her problems. And from there, it just created more problems for her. If if she had just accepted responsibility and said, hey, you know, I need to really think about what I've been doing, and I need to, maybe I need to get help, maybe I need to do this, or, or, you know, stop doing what I'm doing really is, uh, is, is what it comes down to. She that she but she didn't do that. She just blamed it all on on scapegoated it. Yeah, she scapegoated it for for ADHD. Oh, I have this, so therefore that makes it okay. Yeah, it doesn't. Does not. Yeah. Just like uh, that show I watch on uh, Netflix called I, "I Am a Killer," where some of those people, you know, their excuse for murdering someone is, "Oh, I had a bad childhood. You know, I was abused." There's plenty of people that are abused that don't commit rape. Plenty of people abuse that don't commit murder and other crimes. Yep. So it's not an excuse. So it could be a reason, but not an excuse. So, um, all right. Uh, if anything else comes up about Momokan, we'll uh, we'll mention it. Yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that one. I don't think it's. I think that one's pretty much at an end. Um, She's gonna have to change her name. <laughs> Terry Crews, in the wake of numerous Hollywood actresses going public with their stories. Uh, Cruz revealed that a Hollywood executive had groped him at a party, and he did not publicize the incident for fear of retaliation, which is actually happening because he was supposed to be in the new Expendables movie, and he's not going to be in the Expendables movie because... The producer on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get into that. It was re- revealed later that a high-level executive was Adam Bennett, head of motion picture department for the talent company William Morris Endeavor. Endeavor. For his part in coming forward, Cruz was named one of the silence breakers, when WME reportedly concluded their investigation, um, uh, uh, they said it was an isolated one. Bennett returned to work after a one-month suspension but was demoted. In response, Cruz said someone got a pass. Cruz has filed a lawsuit against Bennett and WME. WME responded to the lawsuit, arguing that Cruz's claims were both swift and serious after having formally apologized and showing willingness to let go of the incident. In March 2018, prosecutors decided not to file any charges. The city's attorney's office claimed that the statute of limitations for them to prosecute Bennett had expired as the incident was in February 2016, and Cruz had decided not to report the incident until November of 2017, which, fine, whatever. But he may have more to go uh, in terms of... He may have more to go on in terms of of that. Um, Yeah. Also, he's uh, you know he's getting sued by a, a former. Uh, uh, it's not a coworker. It's a former. Uh, what do you call it? business partner? Or was it like an agent or? A not even an agent. Um, he's being sued by, uh, yeah, social media manager. Yeah. And this is real easy to take care of. He's being sued. He, a friend of his um, sued the actor. Uh, this was just a couple of days ago. God. Yeah, this is uh, last week. Um, Darwin Hall alleges he's owed more than a million dollars. He contends that Cruz defamed him in a series of tweets and recruited followers on a Cruz subreddit to track down Hall and threaten him. The plaintiff was terrified and feared for his safety as well as that of his family. 
Hall says he agreed to work for Cruz in 99 when the actor was starting out. Hall claims he worked for many years promoting Cruz's Facebook page and personal website and was paid you know, a total of like 30 grand, of which about half was reimbursement for expenses. He alleges that he is owed payment for more than 6,000 hours of work for Cruz at $55 an hour. Uh, he, al- he also alleges that in 2013 he went to work for an LGBT client who had a dating app. He claims that when Cruz found out about the job, he flew into a rage and demanded that Hall drop the client. He says he did exit the job, but accuses Cruz of reneging on the agreement to reimburse him. In a series of tweets, Cruz wrote that he was the victim of a revenge shakedown from a former friend who was squatting on his web domain. Guy used to be a friend, so I paid him to help him out until I found out he was creating porn sites. Ooh, there we go. So I let him go. Cruz did not identify him by name, but others were able to track him down. Uh, from the domain registration, Cruz called him a mirroring sociopath, one who pretends to like things you like in order to manipulate and control. <laughs> I wanted to believe he was cool, so I ignored the signs. Cool. Cruz also said he um, had bragged about trying to kill his college roommate by spiking his peanut butter with mercury. He had regularly confessed wrongdoings under the guise of being honest, but it wasn't really. It was really just a form of intimidation. <laughs> yeah, Cruz. Cruz let out a bunch of tweets. Way beforehand, letting letting you know people know about this fucking guy before, way before he sued him. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. You know, this is all this is all hearsay at this point. Yeah. Um, Look, until someone can prove otherwise, Terry Crews seems like a stand-up dude. He sounds like a cool motherfucker to hang out with. <laughs> like, did you, did you have you watched the hot ones? Hot ones with him. <laughs> cool fucking dude, man. So. Yeah, prove otherwise, and then I'll then I'll then I'll look at him a different way. But otherwise, nope. Um, as far as the sexual ass- assault stuff, there was a uh, Fifty Cent talking shit for a while too. <coughs> but that came and went really, really quickly. Yeah, well, Fifty Cent took down all those tweets. Yeah, <coughs> <coughs> it's right there. The BBC. Well, here's that right there. <laughs> Terry Crews, 50 Cent, and the discomfort of masculine anxiety. <laughs> Joe Jackson, of course. I never heard anything good about that fucking guy. <laughs> I heard a joke. Um, was it uh, if Joe Jackson could beat cancer, uh, cancer would be a better singer? Yeah. Yeah, there was also uh, there was a rumor. That, um, and it's all rumor. I don't fucking know. It's a rumor that uh, he had uh, Michael Jackson chemically castrated for a bunch of years. So that he could, uh, he he can keep his uh, falsetto voice or whatever. It wouldn't surprise me, but of all the things that I heard, um, what was the, I can't remember who the latest one was. Somebody that used to hang around with Michael Jackson a lot, and he's he's a little bit older, not much older than us. And he said that Michael Jackson. Now this all came out. This all came out a couple of years ago. That Michael Jackson, when he would sing and have that high voice and do all the high stuff, high pitched stuff. Yeah, <coughs> he would only do that around people that he didn't know. Shyness. And, and it was it was a mask. It wasn't okay. shyness. It was a mask to keep up the image. Mm-hmm. But he, when he was around other when he was around other black people, yeah, he let his black out. Okay, and his voice actually became natural again and, and was a little bit deeper. Hmm. So, um, which is cool, but um, kind of creepy if you think about it. That is. <laughs> I don't know really where to go with the Terry Crews thing. Um, oh, I was looking up the Expendables. That's what I was looking up. That's what I wanted. Expendables for. <coughs> so, after all of this, um, 
we wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about the the after the producer threatened retaliation over sex assault allegations. So in testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee, the actor said he f- left the film after being asked to drop his case against Adam Bennett. <laughs> but he wasn't going to. Um, I don't buy into his PTSD, but whatever. That's that's just that's PR speak. Um, so we're up to... <coughs> We're up to the point where Cruz has now opted to sue the agent and WME uh, who had returned to work. Uh, Since Cruz came forward with a story, he has claimed to be the victim of potential hacking and mounting pressure to drop his case against Venet, which doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, It's all about who you know, right? Rob with. The actor testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee about his experiences, which provided a clearer look at the ongoing repercussions he's felt for coming forward with his allegations. For one thing, he will not be appearing in Expendables 4. As a result, the actor said it's due to retaliation from producer Avi Lerner over the ongoing case. Um, Avi Lerner is... Let's bring him up here. God damn. (coughs) It was like a fucking Muppet. Um, Management got a call last week from uh, Avi Lerner of Expendables 4 saying I could avoid any problems on the sequel if I drop my case against WME during... During the testimony, he further expanded on that claim. Cruz reiterated that producer Lerner called his manager and asked that the doctor, the act, the doctor, the actor, drop his case. We've already, God, we've already fucking mentioned that like twice, three times now. When Cruz was asked if he was set to appear in the film, he responded, "No." My God. Sorry, this is this is the same shit. No, because the same producer. This fucking is under guy's got ADHD. <laughs> his own investigation. Abusers protect abusers. And this is one thing I had to decide whether I was going to draw the line on. Am I going to be a part of this or am I going to take a stand? Uh, there are projects I had to turn down. In May of last year, Lerner and his Millennium Entertainment were hit with a lawsuit from a former employee alleging sexual harassment, a hostile work environment, and gender discrimination. Cruz was testifying at a hearing about the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights. Um, as Cruz has said, what happened to me has happened to many other men in Hollywood. And since I came forward with my story, I have had thousands and thousands of men come to me and say, me too, this is my story. And I, I think that's great. <coughs> Sorry. You guys are just going to have to deal with the coughing. <laughs> um, we'll save her for later. And there's Avi Lerner. Yeah, he looks like uh, Statler. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, sexual misconduct. Let's look at what that is. This is why I like IMDb. Um, in 2017, Lerner was sued by a former employee for sexual harassment and gender discrimination. Of course, Lern- Lerner claimed the accusations were all lies. And in 2018, Terry Crews accused Lerner of making a phone call in which he says Lerner threatened to, they spelt his name wrong, by the way, threatened to introduce difficulties into Terry's career unless Crews dropped his case against the William Morris Endeavor Agency, employees of agency and founding member Adam Vennett. Um here it is right here. So, Millennium Films. It's harder and harder to want to go to the movies anymore. Uh, a former executive at Millennium Films has filed harassment lawsuits. The suit alleges that women were called whores, cocksuckers, and mistresses, and actresses were routinely called too fat, too ugly, and too old. The plaintiff filed the case under pseudonym Jane Rowe, but is identified as a former director of development at the L.A.-based company that produced such films as The Expendables London has fallen in Rambo. The suit names CEO Avi Lerner as defendant and alleges that he made many of the disparaging remarks. 
The suit also alleges that Lerner hired unqualified girlfriends to produce his films and encouraged young women to wear revealing clothing without underwear around the office. When the plaintiff complained about the company's hiring practices, she was told that the girls were valuable to the company because they helped procure prostitutes for actors working with the company and for Lerner's friends, according to the suit. On one occasion, a female vice president was criticized for not producing a film properly because she was too busy having sex with her boyfriend. The suit also contends that female employees were paid less than their male counterparts. The suit, uh, the people named in the suit were Jeffrey Greenstein, Bose Davidson, and John Thompson. Millennium did not immediately blah, 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 blah. That's fucking rough, dude. That's fucking rough. <laughs> and there seems to be no movement on that. Um, when it comes down to uh, Millennium Films being sued for sexual harassment because it's been a year. Yeah. So let's see if there's anything updated on it. Uh, last year, last year, last year. It's selling half his company. Woman settles harassment suit against New Image Millennium Films. That was August of this year. It's <laughs> <coughs> only less than two weeks ago. Uh, the companies behind the Expendables have reached a settlement the former employee who sued for sexual discrimination and gender harassment. Ah, here it is. Update. 11 days ago. Um, the suit stated that the plaintiff suffered from physical disability during her employment and that her condition worsened, requiring her to make visits. Okay, so what is... Settles harassment. But what, 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 no terms were divulged. Jesus. Um... Lawyers from the plaintiff have identified only as Jane Rowe filed papers with uh, Los Angeles Superior Court. Judge Randolph Hammock stating that their client's case uh, against New Image and Millennium Films was resolved. No terms were divulged. So that's that. Yeah. That means so per- settlement. I mean, I would assume <laughs> her lawyers talked her into taking a settlement because, you know, why drag this out for a bunch of years when you can have a good payday? Yeah, if there's a good payday. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to begin with this last one. You're not going to like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one's, uh, I've been following it for a couple days now. Um, and I'm glad that I, you know, that we're doing this now instead of a couple days ago, cause more information came out about it, <laughs> but still it's, uh, yeah, that's a big, that's a, that's a biggie. Have you heard of Blake Libel? I'm about to. What can we Okay, let's just get into it. Canadian. Blake Libel was a comic book creator, graphic novelist, screenwriter, and fledgling Hollywood animated film director who lived in Los Angeles. He was convicted of first-degree murder of his fiancée, Ayanna Kazian. Blake's background. His father is a prominent Toronto real estate mogul and Canadian Motorsport Hall of Fame inductee. His mother sailed for Canada in the 76 Summer Olympics. His mother was Alrose Products' heiress Eleanor Chitel Liebel, or yeah, Liebel, whose father Paul Chitel had s- held several patents. So he's he comes from money. So uh, Blake Liebel is a convicted murderer. I think we talked about this guy. This is familiar. I remember reading this. No, we haven't talked about him. Okay. Um, I don't know. Do we need to get into the details? Fuck yeah, we do. That's the point of this discussion, man. I don't really want to get into the details. If you want, I can read it. After barricading himself, it's not about reading it. It's fucking grisly. Uh, Libel surrendered to police after they discovered the corpse of his fiancée, 
um, Ayana Kajian, uh, mutilated, drained of blood, and lying in their bed. Their infant daughter, born not long before, was in the care of Ayana's mother, who was visiting from the Ukraine and staying in an apartment close by. Libel was subsequently charged with murder, torture, mayhem, and aggravated mayhem, to which he pleaded not guilty. Autopsy report was filed on, uh, in September of 2017, listing Kazian's causes of death as exsanguination and head trauma. Sanguination, I believe, is when you drain the blood. Yeah. Loss of blood to a degree sufficient to cause death. Uh, so she civil, died freezing. A civil lawsuit. She was long. She was dead long before that. Um, but here's the worst part about that. Um, yeah, there it is. Blake Libel, uh, murder book. Ah, here we go. Here it is. So Libel was convicted of uh, torture and murder. Prosecutors said Libel, a 37-year-old graphic novelist who had a fledgling Hollywood career, patterned the murder from the glory details of a book he had worked on years earlier. The case is unusual only in its savagery. Inconceivable cruelty. I would like to read more, but I can't. This is a horrible fucking website. It's Los Angeles Times. <clears throat> um, I can understand why he was he was the way he was. I mean, he worked on the animated series Spaceball, so that takes... Um, and collaborated with a team of writers and an illustrator to create Syndrome, his graphic novel. Uh, <laughs> he threw away pieces of his fiancée like she was trash. That's why I don't want to get into the murder aspect. It's fucking grisly. <laughs> there were crimson stains on the white headboard in the guest room and clumps of dark hair stuck to a razor. In a dumpster, they found pieces. Yeah. Um, he had locked himself in a bedroom with her. Uh, Start carving away like a butcher. Yeah, one older juror shook his head and a woman in the audience left the courtroom. Um, his brother, Cody, who lives in L.A. and works as a high-end property developer. So who cares? Um, Silverman told jurors evidence suggests that Libel dragged her, bo- dragged her body through the home and submerged her underwater in the bathtub. Prosecutors argue Libel was motivated by envy and anger, saying he became jealous of the attention Cajun gave to their newborn. Um, Silverman said uh, that Libel used Syndrome, the fictional book he funded and helped develop as a blueprint for his torture. The novel, whose cover depicts a baby doll with a partially removed scalp, includes depictions of bloodletting, and when authorities found the body, Silverman said nearly all the blood had been drained. Um, a case of life imitating art. Toward the end of her closing arguments, Silverman asked jurors to recall some quotes in the book before we think... Uh, we are deciding to act. In the end, we all become monsters. Um, yeah, dude, this is... I, I swear to God we've done this one. Because I remember all this. I know you mentioned the name, but I, I don't usually remember the names unless there's someone big. So, um, But I remember this shit. My damn goddamn son of a bitch. Hey, buddy, did you see a real bright light? <laughs> we haven't done this one. Could have been a side mention. We did side mention it, but we didn't do it. Okay. <clears throat> we, I know we've talked about it, but we didn't. Yeah. I know we didn't talk about it. I just it don't remember if it was compelled podcast. or what. I. But that is fucking brutal. It, yeah, we never talked about it on the podcast. That guy is a monster. That, that guy is yeah, beyond... See. Beyond... <laughs> Comprehension, man. It's yeah, I mean, I, this this ends the podcast on a really down note, but 
look, the the mur- his his book is called Syndrome. Um, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a graphic novel or a book book. So it looks like it's a graphic novel. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I you know you well, you wonder you how people can do shit like that, but yet. Look what that guy just did in, uh, what was it, Colorado, to his family, to his pregnant wife and his two daughters, you know? Yep. Well. It, and then the guy, I mean, the guy acts completely, you know, fine in front of the cameras and shit, and you find out that he was he was cheating on his wife, and he was, you know, it, it just weird shit, dude. I, some people, man, they're just, they have different switches. He copied the murder from a book that he wrote. Yeah. So, therefore, he had a blueprint. Yeah, that was already in his mind. To do he already shit. knew what he was going to do. He's like Clive Barker if Clive Barker decided to kill people. Mm, kind of, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> More like Stephen King. Well, that's some Hellraiser shit, what he did to his wife. So, um, damn. Yeah, I, I, where do we go from here? <laughs> um, you know, we really can't. Well, we can't follow him into hell, I'll tell you that. Uh, where the, do we go from, from here, other than some other fantastical bullshit? <laughs> Where do we go from here? <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? We go with, uh, uh, be careful who you marry. Jesus. Stay safe. Wait, wait, to, wait to bring up the podcast. That's Don't hook up with horror fi- uh, book writers. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> I'm trying to find this, the syndrome book. I want to know more about it. <clears throat> um, a rogue neuropathologist makes a startling breakthrough... F- Literally isolating the root of all evil in the recesses of the human brain. He'll stop at nothing to advance his theory. Um, with the help of a naive Hollywood actress, a tormented motion picture director, and a condemned serial killer, Dr. Wolf Brunswick launches a bold experiment in the Nevada desert, the outcome which could transform humanity forever. It's the Truman Show meets Seven in Syndrome. Um, an inventive original graphic novel hardcover that serves as one of the first titles to be featured under Arkea's new black label line. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to buy it. No. I'm obviously not going to read it because uh, the the real life <laughs> event of that book happened. And uh, yeah, life imitating art's not a good one this time. Yeah, so I, I just I I sometimes I just want to know what goes through these people's minds. What is he thinking? What was he thinking of? Of somebody needs to interview him, you know, and find out what was what he was thinking, what he was doing. Yeah. Why did he decide to do that? So I think we should end this with playing the song Happy by Pharrell. No. <laughs> Change the mood a little bit. Yeah, well. Hmm. I mean, just... You know... I, I don't even think he was... I don't even... When he was sitting in the courtroom, I don't even think he had, he had any expression on his face. You know, it's... Um, I mean, just to read about it is horrific. I mean, imagine what the cops saw, you know? That's, that's, that's burned into their brains forever. Pretty much. Yeah. Shit. But they have to deal with that almost every day, so that's the that's part of the issue with with cops being yeah. that they've become desensitized. Yeah, yeah, completely desensitized. Well, you have to. I mean, you know, you deal with all that fucking pain and anguish, man. You can't care too much because if you do, you're gonna fucking go insane. Pretty much. So, so. all right. So as always, definitely uh, stay safe out there and uh, <laughs> tell the truth, man. Stay safe out there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, watch out for. Uh, Watch out for these fucking guys if you can. All right, so for Compelled, me, you, and bye. Thanks, Mr. Happy. Stop saying stay safe. (laughs) Stay safe out there. Pay attention. How about that? Pay fucking attention.
Look over your shoulders. Yeah, that's that's Constantly. gonna help. Be you. paranoid. Smoke more weed.